0: Welcome back to the Any Given Thursday podcast, coming to you from two different cities on the East Coast, um, over a timed Zoom, because we are too cheap to pay for the upgraded package. Um, and we're here, of course, to preview the upcoming Europa League final, featuring AS Roma and Sevilla, the football club, um... A rock meets a hard place. One club who has never lost a Europa League final. Six for six in this century. In the last 17 years, in fact. And one manager who has never lost a UEFA final. Um, having won this competition twice before in 03 and 2018. And uh, the Champions League a couple of times as well. And the Conference League last year. Cannot forget um, the Conference League. Cannot forget the Conference League last year. Um, He's five for five. Sevilla are six for six. Something's got to give. Um, who's it going to be? And uh, it's a little bit of a fascinating matchup in that sense. It's the, you know, perennial second competition winners in Sevilla versus a Roma team that, you know, does hasn't had a lot of European success, especially winning trophies. They're managed by, the, by the, a guy famous for winning trophies, Well, Sevilla are managed by somebody who has never won any trophies. <laughs> so it's just kind of like a weird uh, cosmic balance between those elements. Um, Mandelabar, of course, taking over as Sevilla's third manager of the season um, from after Lopetegui got fired in the fall, or his Sampaoli got fired in the, or in the winter or slash spring. Um, he's not only steered Sevilla Mandelabar, that is, out of a relegation battle, but back into their seventh UEFA final. Um, and uh, he is basically, like, a, he's a guy that's, like, gone, bounced around from, like, relegation challenge club to relegation challenge cl- club. Um, he's, like, a Bilbao guy, I think. Uh, he came up. He, his last job was Olives, where he got sacked last year. Um, so this is all a bit new to him. But uh, um, I was just reading a very, a very tasty article from Dermot Corrigan of the Athletic um, about sort of his unique position there. That um, he calls himself <laughs> the anti modern manager. Uh, "Quote: I don't go around with a tablet under my arm." Uh, or spend all day on my computer. Sounding a little Allegri-esque. Uh, in football, the best thing to do is the simplest thing possible. The hard thing to do is to make it so simple. Um, so just another reason this is a, the rock and the hard place final. Um, unlike Jose, though, Mandelibar and Sevilla actually want to play some attacking football. They want to press a little bit. Um, so I think the obvious thing is Roma will have to sit back here. And uh, try their luck on the counterattack for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. Even though Sevilla under Medillabar haven't been sort of famous for their build up, They've been a little more direct. Um, a little bit, a little more like vertical. Um, yeah.
1: But someone has to have the ball. Two teams that both seem like they're at their best when they play counterattacking a little bit. Or like you said, you direct. Just a little more direct. I mean, Sevilla, when they've Mm -hmm. got compost behind defenders and gotten Suso some space where he can make some things happen, that seems like when they're at their best. And Roma obviously seem to only play on the counter in every single game. So they're just going to try to look to get the ball up to Tam quickly and have him play it off to either like a Pellegrini, El Shar away, maybe a Dabala if he's healthy, but. Yeah. yeah, one thing Roma
0: are... can't use to their advantage, though, in Correct. this is that it's not a two-legged tie, in which they have a home leg, where they can score, and a away leg where they cannot score. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna have to score here. They haven't scored a single goal, in the four knockout legs, or excuse me, in the yeah, in their knockout legs away from home, um, not once. Salzburg away, no goals. Sociedad away, no goals. Feinord away, no goals. Leverkusen away, no goals. Kind of a remarkable thing that they've made it this far. Not scoring a single away t- leg in the knockouts. Uh, that's it, probably a record. <laughs>
1: pretty crazy. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, so they're going
0: to have to do it on neutral turf this time. Yeah. So um, Jose has them locked in, trauma. apparently, though. Do you see the thing that Jose locked down training? Not only to like, he locked down training not only for media, and like fans and stuff, but for even people like, uh, in the club who aren't absolutely essential personnel. <laughs> so, he's going full balls to the wall, us against the world, classic Jose. All the while, while well, he takes shots at uh the club's board for not spending enough money on his team,
1: um, you can tell this is the only thing that's been on Roman's mind since, since the semifinals, since they got past Feyenoord. They've not cared mm-hmm. about it at all. You can see, yeah, the- it's shown in the results. Yeah, what's well, it? Seven or eight in a row without a win now for Roma in the league. It's they've been on a terrible run in the league. But part of it is because they've just been rotated. They've been using the youth players, and not even their best youth players, who are with the like U20s at the World Cup. So this is like their second best group of youth players that are getting called up and featuring in these matches because Jose is trying to make a point yeah. about the depth.
0: And also, try- they have the third highest wage bill in the league, but they, he doesn't talk about that.
1: No, why would he? That doesn't yeah. fit his narrative. He doesn't talk about that. But, and obviously, they've had a ton of injuries. And I do think there's a, to an extent, they don't have a great squad for competing on two fronts. But part of that's because they wasted money on signing guys like Mati Kamara <laughs> instead of getting by, valuable death. I mean, I remember when that signing happened and we both said, this is not going to work out. Even like forgot that that happened. And yeah, he's just not the level that you need at Roman. I think no. it's a combination there of just like not being ready to compete on two fronts as a squad and the injuries piling up on top of them. That would yeah, certainly
0: team. make a Champions League interesting, should they win this game? Um, should be mentioned.
1: The Europa League, yeah. So.
0: Should be mentioned that they have been eliminated from the. T- Uh, the Champions League, via the league path um, this past week um, by suffering yet another ignominious defeat. And this uh, one is actually... Yeah.
1: Their recent league form, it's not the fact that they're losing games that gives me pause, because they're mostly losing to pretty solid teams. I mean, Fiorentina, we know, Conference League finalists, we've seen them, and they're an upper mid-table team in Serie A. They're a solid team, right? Losing at Fiorentina isn't scary, but losing by conceding two goals after the 80th minute—that's scary. Because that's the first time it's happened to Roma all year. It's usually pretty safe with Roma. If they get the lead, they're going to win. They've, yep. I think, blown two leads after the 70th minute <clears throat> all year this year. One was crazy after they scored late to take the lead against Milan, and then let them get an equalizer. And then the second was this Fiorentina game. So I think that is what might concern you is like Mm -hmm. has the bad run of form maybe gotten to the team mentally and emotionally in a way that like it's like when you're playing football manager and you're like okay i gotta rotate because i want to keep my starters healthy but i don't want to get into bad form and you think about it it doesn't happen in real life very often but seven or eight in a row and maybe there are some questions being asked but
0: yeah the the good news for them is that it does seem that some of their key players will at least be available to play on Wednesday, if not start most notably Paolo Dybala. Um, I, the reports seem that he's fit to a degree. I doubt he'll start, um, mm-hmm. but he will at least be available to make yeah, I know a super sub impact. He's probably the most talented player that'll feature in the final. Um, so a in the NBA, player, yeah, in the NBA, there's a saying that like, you know, if you have the best player, you have a good chance to win win the series in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so having the best player on the pitch, if when he if and or when he makes it onto the pitch, um, is always a good thing to have on your side. Um, and you know, you might even argue that they Roma have more individuals. Who on paper you'd take as, you know, match winners um, rather than Sevilla is going to have to do it and has been doing it more collectively. Um, Sevilla is kind of full of a lot of good role players, to use another basketball yeah. terminology phrase. Um, they don't have a lot of guys that are like going to pop off the stats sheet, with the, maybe the exception of Yusuf and Aziri, who's been sort of their star man in the last few months. Um, and uh, could also he could also be a very useful piece against a uh, really tall and physical Roma defense. Um, Sevilla do like to lump lump in crosses at times, something favoring Roma maybe in that matchup. But and Naziri is the kind of guy that if he uh, can get on the end of one of those, um, we saw you know a guy like Giroud over the weekend, um, a pretty in a pretty dull affair between Milan and Juve. Um, which unfortunately might be the case on Wednesday with these two teams, um, you know, difficult cross difficult chance for him, uh, on paper, a low XG chance, but somebody who's big and tall physical with really quality, um, real quality with his head can Mm -hmm. sort of make the difference in a match like that. So, um, they should, both teams should technically have that, um, Tammy we've we've seen struggle with um uh, some basic finishing in the past um but what he is really good at is like knocking down long balls uh to oncoming runners mm-hmm. um so especially when Dybala gets in i do you think they're going to Jose is going to go to the 3-5-2 with Balotti since Dybala probably won't start yeah and is Spinazzola
1: I'm, fit Spinazzola's fit Uh El Sharaway looks like he's fit and Mm -hmm. I can see the Pellegrini El Sharaway combination in Mm -hmm. the midfield and then later on in the game bringing on probably around the I would assume Dabala looks the reports are looking like 30-ish minutes will probably be what he can get what's Uh, interesting about that too is like if
0: it's a yeah if it's like a nil-nil or 1-1 kind of thing or like what Mm -hmm. happens if you put him on in the 65th minute you go to extra time. Is he going to make the whole extra time?
1: Yeah, that's the big concern there, right? Is, does yeah. he have the legs? Is he can he survive if it does go to extra time?
0: Or if, if it's, it's a game, you're going to have to pull a card. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting profit,
1: strategically. Make defensive subs, right? Yeah. You on the bench, and then there if they do end up tying, you're out of subs. Like, do you yeah. risk not bringing him on if you're in that situation where his substitution doesn't make sense? But, yeah, it's an interesting
0: yeah. uh, tactical Look, card that Jose can choose to play. It's um, it's
1: see a tammy combo, but I also—Belotti ta- has just been so, so bad. So bad, yeah. And physically, Very little impact. Um, Like, I mean, we talked about the Ballas injuries, but Belotti, it's not injuries. It's just the one injury he suffered like a year and a half ago now that's just maybe two years ago that he's not recovered from. He's so clearly not the player he was before the knee tear, and it's quite a shame to see, but he's just not capable of playing in these games, in my opinion. He's not somebody I would bring on unless yeah. I'm desperate, or I think it's going to penalties.
0: Yeah. Yeah, some but, interesting <clears throat> some interesting lineup choices in that regard.
1: Um, also, I just want, like, the and Naziri and then some of, like, the individual winners for Sevilla, mm-hmm. Like Eneser, I totally agree with you. Just like he's so tough to keep him completely out of the game, and I think of him a lot like a Giroud, or even to like compare him to like the highest quality players. That he's obviously not at the level of but, like a Harry Kane or an Erling Holland, where even if you can keep them out of contributing to the game, and they're not they're not able to get involved in build up or anything, they still need just like one cross, and they can make a yeah. world of it, right? Like it's that yeah. type of guy. You could keep him quiet for 89 minutes and 59 seconds. But so that classic one...
0: Giroudism.
1: Yeah, um, and then the other one is Suso has been on such electric form. I mean, he could come in and be the game.
0: He's winner. the he's he's a he's a he him and Lamella are the super subs to watch for Sevilla. Mm-hmm. You know, interesting. Uh, sp- talking about Mendilibar earlier, this connects to Suso. I promise. One interesting thing I read about him is that he. Uh, because he's he only came in on a three-month contract, and because he's used to, like, fighting bravely against relegation, to use a football manager term, uh, he basically, like, doesn't give a shit about pissing off the players. Um, so with Suso, he was, like, uh, he basically, basically said he, like, didn't run enough or whatever, and Suso was, like, in the media, and Suso was, like, well, <clears throat> he's 29. He's, like, I've never been a runner, and I never will become a runner. and then he hasn't started a game since so so he did come up with the uh with that awesome equalizer against juve um but he's he lost his starting spot to brian hill because of that um so expect the same in the final but yes suso like we saw in the semifinal, very capable of being a difference maker as is eric lamella who scored the second goal um that that won them the tie and had big moments against United too. Um, just sidebar, crazy to think that Sevilla weren't even really taking this competition seriously uh, no. in those first two rounds. They rotated like crazy in that first leg against it, it, at Old Trafford uh, because they were so worried about getting relegated in the league. Like to come through that, obviously with great help from De Gea and Maguire um, yeah. and others. You could um, probably get a winner. If Sevilla yeah, the, to pull this out. Yeah, some of those United players should <laughs> should should definitely get medal. Yeah, De Gea, Maguire, maybe Malacia for that first leg. Um, but for them to be here is pretty unbelievable <laughs> considering they really weren't trying to be. Um quick little rundown of like how these teams got here. Yeah, let's do it. Everybody?
1: Yeah. So for Sevilla, they started all the way back in September. In the Champions League, and they came third in a pretty tough group with uh, Dortmund. And was it was that City's group? I'm remembering that correctly. Yeah,
0: Dortmund uh, yeah. City
1: and Copenhagen. So City beat the shit out of them. Group. Yeah, <laughs> both Hard times. To expect them to get out of that group. I mean, you're talking about the second team in Germany and the first team in the UAE. So. <laughs> Tough, I don't tough, know.
0: Uh, I think it would be before the start of the season, like, Sevilla almost yeah. won the fucking title the year prior. So, like, so, like, it's yeah. that team, I think they would expect at that time, like, a year prior to at least be as good as Dortmund. Um, yeah,
1: but it's still, it's not like... Obviously, any- we
0: knew there was a, we knew there was issues with the squad and the age of the squad and the the lack of rotation in the squad. Mm-hmm. Um coming into the season and we expected yeah. them to take a step back, but it wasn't like a foregone conclusion that they would be so much that they would be, you know, played out off the pitch and in, in that group.
1: But it's not an embarrassing group to come third in. It's not like a huge flight no. against them. And if they'd come fourth, sure. But yeah. yeah. Uh, finishing behind Dortmund and city this year is not really something to be upset at a team for. I mean, yeah, it's fine. Would have been a, it's a tough group,
0: but plus, they and... knew they the, the gods knew they needed to be in the Europa League. Yeah, we all knew this so it couldn't was gonna... be helped. It couldn't be helped. But Sevilla looking
1: like they might get relegated halfway through the season, got matched up with PSV in the knockout playouts. And after a dominant first leg, they sweat the whole time in the Netherlands and they held on for a three, two, all goals were scored by the home team. Sevilla three, nothing in the first leg.
0: They almost conceded a third or an equalizer very, in like extra and stoppage time, but it was ruled up just offside. <laughs>
1: uh, then they went and got matched up with Fenerbahce out of Turkey. Did the exact same things, but just <laughs> very, very exciting. One less goal each, two nothing in Sevilla in the first leg, and then a one nothing in Turkey. And if I remember correctly, that first goal for Fenerbahce came, yeah, relatively early, right before the first half. It's a penalty for enter Valencia. And The second half was all Benavacha and it's just to yep. be a whole, desperately Holding and that's on when, for dear life. Yeah, that's when you saw the like, oh god, it's the dark arts of Sevilla yeah. coming through. Um, but surely,
0: you... but surely not United. No, in, the, in United at a time when they were in such fabulous form, they'd won the League Cup. Uh, the vibes were so good, but it wasn't to be. After Yeah, United dominated that first leg, too. Absolutely obliterated them for, like, 75 minutes.
1: (laughs) Sevilla got two own goals right (laughs) at the end of the game. Uh, You know, it's one of the more embarrassing ones of the season. And then, of course, Harry Maguire had to make his mark on the tie. He heads one home, nets it up. It's 2-2 going back to United. You're like, okay, okay, they got... Sure, sure, sure. The magic worked in Sevilla, but in United, they've got this right. United are going to hold on. Now they got dominated three nothing. Yeah, Uh, has
0: some of the worst mistakes you'll ever see in goal. Yeah, one of the he's the Golden Glove winner in the Premier League. So yeah, (laughs) it might have been
1: probably was the worst game by a goalkeeper in this competition, including qualifying rounds. Yeah, the
0: worst I've seen for sure.
1: Yeah, Uh, some
0: hugely high profile errors.
1: Yeah, and just not a good game from Manchester United at all through any part. But Sevilla were just really, really confident and composed in taking advantage of those mistakes. It's like, that's what you have to do to win these houses. You have to be able to take advantage when your opponents make mistakes. And Sevilla have done that the entire tournament, right? Mm -hmm. It's hard to point to, until we get to the semifinal, um, which they took on Juventus, I don't think I would have said Sevilla played great in any single game that they played. Because sure, even the yeah. PSV you know, you're like, okay, that got there were a few scuff shots. PSV's goalies had a PSV's goalie had a rough game. PSV made a lot of individual mistakes that they didn't make in the group stage. The United ties, lots and lots of individual mistakes from United. Say they
0: played quite well in their own in the in the return leg, I think. I got a cut record. out there, David. I have to go grab my laptop charger. Okay, I'm gonna stall for time. Do, 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 do. We're stalling for a time. Anyway, I thought they played. Uh, I thought they played quite well in that second leg against United. Um, I guess you wouldn't say they weren't like playing scintillating, uh, progressive stuff per se, but they did, um, execute a really effective game plan, which was basically just to press the shit out of, uh, David de Gea, um. But it was really well executed. Um, and something that I do feel like Sevilla, especially since uh, Mendilibar took over, is that they have kind of been going from strength to strength. Like to the point where in the semifinal against Juve, they fully outplayed the Italians on both legs mm-hmm. um, and deserve to go through um, and just seem to be getting better as the weeks go by. Um, so the form table suggests Sevilla should be favorites here. Um, the question is whose dark arts are stronger, Jose's yeah. or Sevilla's? Um, and we like saw... every Roma game score whoever scores, excuse me, whoever scores first is going to be a big deal here.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like you said, the semifinal it's probably the best Sevilla we've seen in this yeah. competition. All year, especially I thought the second leg of it. The first leg, I thought, I thought they were, we're quite good there. in the first leg though. Yeah. But they let up a fair few chances. They created yeah. a bunch of their own. Dude.
0: They should have scored more. But Vlaovic
1: yeah. could have punished them, but it's some Vlaovic, so he wasn't going to. And sibia kind of uh snatched at some of their chances, but they did a great job of creating against a very stout defense as well. So I think they deserve credit for that. And the second leg were I thought definitely deserved to go through. I thought they were. A better team. I thought they outplayed Juventus pretty handily. Uh, very, very good performance from Sevilla. And it wasn't one where Juventus made a lot of mistakes in the second leg.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: I think it was just Sevilla. They had to earn it. Yeah, Sevilla just played really, really well in that game. Um, and so Roma's path to the final, their dark arch trip started in the group stage, but they were paired with Real Betis, Ludo Goretz, and HJK, and that one Roma did not get off to the best start as they <laughs> never really seemed to do in group stages. Went into the last day facing Ludogorets, where if Roma failed to win, I believe yep. went through. they so had to Roma... win
0: each of their last two games. because um, yeah, Ludogorets came in and smacked them on the on the on the open in the opening uh, match day.
1: Yep. And Jose, that was in Ludogratz who have a turf field, right? Oh, God. That have the turf field. One He's of the. H-J-K. Two- HJK. had a turf field. And I remember Jose. Was HJK. After was just like, we shouldn't ever be having to play on turf. This is outrageous. <laughs> it's it's outrageous. in Finland, bro. Like, yeah. What, what do, you- do you want from him? <laughs> but. What yeah, do you Ludogratz want from him? Really good in the group stage and particularly against Roma. But Roma on the last day squeaked out of the group qualified for the knockout playoffs where they were paired up with RB Salzburg. This was like a really big tie. I thought this was going to be one of the best ties of the knockout playoffs. I think it delivered. Salzburg got a late winner in the first leg in Switzerland in a relatively even game. Jose afterwards, I remember him saying like, that's fine. We outplayed them. We'll be fine in the second leg. We know we can beat them by two, Uh, something like along those lines. And he was right. They got a pretty easy victory in the second leg, dominated the first half, just defended the whole second half, went through that round in what was one of the tougher draws of that knockout playoffs. And then they got, again, one of the toughest draws in Real Sociedad who had won their group.
0: And who have just qualified for the top four.
1: Yeah. So this is, a. I think this is probably Roma's best game of the year. The two nil. Against Real Sociedad in the first leg, mm-hmm. uh, scored early with a Charwy goal and then added on one late with a Kumbala header. And I just thought they played really, really well in that game. And beating a team like Sociedad is something that Roma haven't really done in the league. Uh, so beating a good team like that, very impressive. I thought they thoroughly deserved to go through that. Second leg was a classic Jose second leg, classic Italian team second leg. Just walk yeah. them down, let them take their shots from far away. Ah, uh, nineteen shots for associated in that game, but maybe one or two big chances. Like just not really that creative, not that much going for him. Parts of throw-
0: serious buzz.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And as we know. And as we'll see in the semifinal, Jose great at parking a bus. Against Feyenoord, Roma again lost the first leg, but a dominant performance in Italy, a 4-1 over Feyenoord. And they went through without too much of a concern to face Leverkusen, one of the most... I don't know
0: if I'd call that pretty... I mean, when Feyenoord scored, what was it, in the 70-something minute, Feyenoord were going through. That's true. Um, So it was like, it wasn't... It was. It was in the balance the last twenty minutes, and and Roma had to respond, yeah. Um, which they I did. Say, that one played out time, yeah. But it did feel like Roma was,
1: the second leg, like it
0: wasn't. Yeah, Feynord like, were going through with twenty minutes
1: left. It just felt surprising when Feynord scored, and I kind of I remembered it being two nothing, and then Feynord scoring, so I had that wrong in my head. But yeah, yeah. Um, the final they faced one of the most exciting young teams in Europe. By Leverkusen, and they made it one of the least exciting <laughs> games to watch. Uh, just Damn you,
0: Jose! Damn
1: you! Grab in both legs. Um, first leg, a little bit more going on. Second leg, a nil-nil in Germany. Uh, Roma faced twenty-three shots; they
0: only got one of their own, but one no, shot. I'm... Now, yeah. a, now, an infamous stat line. Um, yeah. for the European record books. In some ways, while Sevilla have gone from strength to strength and improved their performances, um, been more impressive with their performances over the course of the knockouts, Roma have almost done the opposite, <laughs> um, growing more defensive um, and less impressive to watch with every tie. Um, and yet here they are, um, 90 I... minutes slash 120 minutes slash penalties from their second consecutive European trophy. Um and I wonder if there's quite a bit, I mean, obviously the financial stake for both of these clubs is a big deal since neither will be competing in the Champions League if they lose. Um, Sevilla won't even be in Europe most likely. Yeah. Um,
1: would so be, you know, likelihood.
0: So there's the element, the financial and team building element of it. I also wonder with Jose starting, it seems to be starting his natural decline of his life cycle at a <laughs> at a club in this period of his career um hitting out at the you know the manage or the the heads of the club and like you wonder if you know he'll be out within a year does he leave this summer to a more attractive financial job if they don't win um you assume he stays if it's a chance at champions league football but do they have a squad that can really compete in the champions league these are all questions that make uh that make it a little tastier I think than just a just a regular old match.
1: Yeah, I think for Roma it's really important because otherwise you're Conference League, but they're clearly in a project. Like there's something that they're building here and Jose is a key part of that. But they love lot- him there. The fans love him so fucking much. And they've brought in a lot of good young players. They've brought a lot of guys through the youth system and there's something that they're building and getting to the champions league to give them that extra like 20 to 30 million to invest in the a little little bit more attractions to some of the free agents like a maybe like a Toram or something it might be out of their price range but
0: if you're in oh. champions
1: league and you can offer him a starting role in a front two if they decide to go that way suddenly maybe he's interested and he would not be if they're in the conference league All right um you know I've heard I've heard seen links to Skamaka. That doesn't make financial sense if they're not in the Champions League. You can't take that type of risk if you're in the conference league and not the Champions
0: League. You imagine so, Tammy and Skamaka in the yeah. same lineup. What the fuck? That would be ridiculous. It would be, <laughs> <process>. <laughs> It'd be so that's ridiculous.
1: Would have so much fun. That would uh, be so ridiculous. I think it would allow them to build their depth a little bit more as sure. well. But, uh at the same time, I think you're right. It's not a squad that's gonna Compete for a Champions League title, but maybe it can get out of the group. You know, you win this, you're a top one team, and so the financial incentives can be massive because you have a good chance to get out of the groups. Um, same goes for Sevilla, but I think they're in a different spot because I think they're at the end of a project. Like, yeah. I think they need a serious rebuild on this team. It's too old. It there's too many weak spots on the team, and there's too many players. Like, it's just too inflated of a squad yep i think you don't have a super consistent starting 11 i mean Mendelabar has his favorites i think he's but through the first seven months of the season there was not a consistent starting 11 Mendelabar's changed that a bit but he's reliant on guys like raketic who are pretty close to retirement age uh, so mm-hmm. i think there has to be some concerns there as well like that aren't really solved by qualifying for the Champions League because you're not going to move on a lot of the guys you probably should if you qualify for the Champions League. So I think the financial team building things this is much more important for Roma. And also, I just think Sevilla's in a position like they can bounce back quicker than a Roma can. Like I feel like there's less roadblocks on a Sevilla's path to a Champions League spot in the league than there are Romas right now because Milan don't look like they're going anywhere. Napoli look really good. Juve looked pretty solid this year and have huge financial inter in the Champions League final. It's just more teams, I think in Italy that are going to stay in the top four than maybe in Spain where there's a little bit more fluidity for that fourth spot.
0: That fourth spot is up for grabs. Yeah. After Uh, Sevilla dominated for a while. Well, uh, Let's run and we wrap this up with some predictions. Yeah. What do you what do you think is going to happen?
1: Uh, my heart is telling me to go Roma. My brain is also telling me that Roma's team is slightly better, but deep down inside I think I know Sevilla are going to win this game 2 to 1.
0: I'm going to take Sevilla 2-1 in extra time. Okay.
1: Nice. So, just a reminder for everybody, this game starts on Wednesday for some reason. It's Wednesday the 31st. Uh, because that's oh, the is... end of both both countries' seasons. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> makes zero sense. It's a terribly organized system. But it's gonna be from the Puskas Arena in Hungary, in Budapest, right? That's the city. Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's gonna be at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Uh, on somewhere else. Uh so cool uh p. M. 7 p.m
0: somewhere as they say yeah
1: um maybe london maybe that's where this time no is- i
0: think it's 8 p.m in london oh
1: well but so
0: uh let's close with a Mandela bar quote here uh-huh. um who speaking of the the final this is a prize for a coach who always coached teams who fought for other types of prizes shows that there are more coaches out there who also could do great things if they had better squads it is a prize for all of us coaches who have been working hard in what are theoretically smaller teams um so that's nice and making the
1: stand for relegation rangers you know Mm -hmm. the guys come into those bottom feeder clubs and Mm -hmm. it's like if Um, imagine
0: if like sean sean dyche was coaching like what's an example uh like West Ham last year, if Sean Dyche like took over West Ham and led them to a Europe, a Europa League final, or something. Except, not a good example because West Ham are not Sevilla at all. But you know what I mean. West Ham uh, are also in a European final anyway, so I guess it's like it would be yeah right. It would be more like uh, it would be more like if you took over, uh, Everton, <laughs> or something.
1: Uh, you mean. Yeah, okay.
0: But not this um, version of Everton. This no. this fizzled out. Forget I said anything.
1: Yeah. Um England isn't a good country to go to a reference point from right now because there's Yeah, fair all enough. All the teams that were in Sevilla uh, are now in the relegation battle. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, maybe maybe Tottenham.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh so let's uh let's wrap it up here. Uh, our zoom is running out of time. Uh who should we cheers to? I think we just do a double cheers to Jose and Mandilabar. Du- for- double cheers. I won't speak Jose's name, but I will cheers for the Mandilabar. Be- there you go. Cheers, boys. See you Wednesday.